You're listening to The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, your escape to reality. Hello and welcome to The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Today is Tuesday, December 23rd, 2014, and this is your host, Stephen Novella. Joining me this week are Bob Novella. Hey, everybody. Rebecca Watson. Hello, everyone. Jay Novella. Hey, guys. And Evan Bernstein. Good evening, everyone. So this is our traditional year-end wrap-up episode. This is the last episode for 2014. Have you guys all recovered from our big trip down under? Yep. Yes, for the most part. No, Jay, I have not. Steve, you guys typically get hammered. How are you guys feeling? I'm still sleep-deprived. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I just haven't really had the time to like sleep in and, and do the types of things that you should do when you're trying to get yourself back on track. Like, I've been working my ass off since we got home. So, no, I'm still tired. I mean, are you supposed to sleep in or are you supposed to just get back into a your regular yeah, daily right. rhythm? I think I think that's the That's idea. the main thing. That's the main thing. It feels, uh, it feels good to sleep, you know, late, you know, 9, 10, 11 if you can. But, yeah, I think just the regular rhythm, like Rebecca said, is the main thing. I think you, you, it just takes you guys a while to, to recover. Well, yeah, we well, we have a break for a couple of weeks because we had record, recorded so many shows while we were in Australia and New Zealand. We're just recording this show over the holiday break. And then next week will be the live show that we did in Auckland. Uh, and then we'll get back to our regular schedule. So before we go into our best of and worst of 2014, we have some updates on the SGU. And the big one is that this is going to be the last episode that Rebecca is recording with us. Yep. After uh, nine years. Uh, nine years. Almost a decade. I know. Almost, you almost made oh, it. God. This is longer than any relationship I have ever had. <laughs> and, and it, it, it was a relationship with, uh, with four, four guys. Four sometimes guys, five yeah. guys. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes yeah. five. Yeah. It's true what they say about me. <laughs> uh, that you're yeah. cool and fun to be with. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. And so are you guys. I'm going to miss you guys, you know, but yeah, it's, it's been almost a decade and I think it's about time for, for me to move on and, you know, I'll still be around. I'm sure I can pop back on as a guest every now and again. If you'll you'll always be welcome. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And for those listeners out there that want to keep tabs on me, you still can, uh, you can visit my Patreon. That's, what I'm going to be devoting most of my time to, uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Rebecca, R-E-B-E-C-C-A. Uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Watson or, of course, on Skeptic, Skeptic.org. So I'll be you around. You still have a YouTube YouTube channel as well. I do. I don't actually know the URL. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I think it's R.K. Watson. But, yeah, all of that goes through my Patreon. So that's the easiest way to find me. I think it's a incredible that we did what we did for the last nine years together like no bumps in the road we haven't missed a show we get along really well for people that work you know on something this you know this important to all of us and you know skepticism and critical thinking and science and feminism and all the other things that we that are incredibly important to us and we work on these things together i've had such a positive experience when you take the aggregate of everything i'm proud of us and i'm proud of the fact that we we've been able to do it together for so long. I mean, honestly, you know, you joked before, Rebecca, about relationships. Like, I, I, yeah, me too. Like, I've never had anything last this long. Yeah. It's yeah, real, totally. it's a real accomplishment. And I'm, I'm so happy 
that I got to do it with all of you. And, and you, Rebecca, have been a huge part of it for me and, and like my go-to person for humor and a lot of other things on the show that, that I, I don't know, I just won't be able to replace. Like you were very special to me and I, I love you on the show. Oh, well, thank you, Jay. And you know, I love you guys too. And obviously this has been, it's been a great trip and I'm really happy that, you know, you invited me along. Nine years ago, it was my. It was all my idea. I take full credit. <laughs> so, right. mentioning, I'm so happy I made nine that move. years ago. <laughs> Let's go back a little bit more than nine years ago. Let's go back to the first mention of Rebecca Watson on the show, March ninth, two thousand six. Coming on our show in just a little bit is Rebecca Watson. Rebecca is the founder of the Skeptics organization. We'll be talking to her in just a moment. But first. Uh, we'll start, as usual, with some, some news items, things that, that have caught our attention over the last week. So that was, that was the interview. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. The first, the first date. Okay. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yep. That first was the date. first date. Yeah. But then on 3-15-2006, Rebecca actually was invited to the show and, and listen to this. Hello and welcome to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2006. This is your host, Stephen Novella, president of the New England Skeptical Society. With me tonight are Bob Novella. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Perry DeAngelis. Out like a lamb. Jay Novella. Hi, all. And we have a new addition to our panel of skeptics. Rebecca Watson. Rebecca, welcome to the Skeptics Guide. Yay. Thanks. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Yay. <laughs> Rebecca was on our, our uh, episode a, f- a few episodes ago, on, was on our show, and we thought that she was bright and witty and, and lent a good addition to the team, so we asked her to join us, and she, she agreed to. I did. So yes. Rebecca is uh, the Skeptic. She runs Skeptic.org, publisher of the Skeptic Calendar. She, she writes. She own. writes a. She writes a great blog. I a recommend blog. it to everybody. Um, Thank you very much. So we're, we're happy to have you aboard. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Wow, that was awesome. You all sound you all so sounded young. so young. <laughs> I know, right? We, we did not know each other at all. Like that yeah. was hell no. You know, the voices sound like they know each other, but they don't. We didn't know each other. Um, <laughs> And I also noticed, I listened to a lot of the episodes. Like I was going back, you know, listening to all of these episodes, the ones that Rebecca's name are in the notes and, you know, trying to get a feel for what it was like. And man, like our chemistry back then was nothing compared, in my opinion, to what it is today. Like just the fact that we know each other so well. Um, but the idea that Rebecca stepped into that group of guys and was able to slug it out with us from the beginning to me is very impressive. Yeah, Jay, the, my favorite part, and we've told this a few times at least, after that in the very initial interview, is we all, literally all of us had the same thought. Holy crap, she, we just have such chemistry. She's, we got to ask her to be on the show. We, I don't even know who mentioned it first, but we all had the same exact thought. Like, she's got to be on the show. It's just like, there's just too much chemistry there. So that was such a, a fun thing to happen. Yeah. And I, and you know, it wasn't, like I was going into a lion's den or anything, you know, it was really awesome to do a show with you guys and everybody was so friendly and, you know, easy, easy to talk to. It was very easy. So. But keep in mind too, now we didn't, you guys met Rebecca. I didn't meet Rebecca. Perry didn't meet Rebecca That's at all. Right. A- actually ever in person. So yeah. I met Rebecca at TAM5. Yeah. 
And mm-hmm. here's a, a clip of Rebecca mentioning the first time that we ever met. Oh. Yeah, I had actually was... never met Jay before. Yeah. yeah. That was my imagine? first my first meeting of Jay face to face and it was um wait, wait, let me think Religious, of a good adjective. Uh, <laughs> um, mind mind blowing. Transcendent? Adequate. I just totally feel like I'm, I was standing nude in front of an audience. Uh, that, was, that was harsh. That was harsh, old Rebecca. Wow, <laughs> young Rebecca. <laughs> now, I, uh, the truth. The truth is harsh. I remember though we we had our first SGU di- uh, dinner at that Tam, and Rebecca and I shared a warp core. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Yes. yes, I remember that. And then I, I'm going to admit this now. I stole the glass that it came in and I gave it to Rebecca. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was so drunk. The kid, it was literally like a gallon and a half of booze. Yeah, it was a lot of booze. I have yeah. a picture somewhere of us There's drinking a, it. Uh, yeah. Yes. And cur- and Jay, you were caressing the orb somehow yeah. or hugging yes. it at one point. I think you'd had a little too much. And I, I do. That bar. I have a wonderful picture of the first time me and Rebecca ever, you know, embraced. And then that night at Quarks, she and I were drunk together. It was just a oh god, Tam Five to me was just one of the highlights of my life. To be honest with you, that that convention was amazing, and yeah. Rebecca was a huge part of that. I would, Rebecca, I was so excited and nervous to meet you. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm going to meet Rebecca in person. I was like talking about the whole way there. <laughs> Yeah, I was really excited too. And that was like our first Did we do a live show actually that year or did did we just hang out? Was that our No, we didn't. We just we just hung out that first We did year. interviews. Oh my we did a bunch of oh, We did yeah, interviews. Yeah, yeah. Oh. That's right. You sat down with us. Uh you know, we interviewed Christopher Hitchens amongst others, right. you know, one of our more yes. oh popular God. interviews. That was a lot done. of fun, like getting that to <clears throat> sit down and do parts of a show at least together. That yeah. was really awesome. All right. So one of my favorite moments, though, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, how do I encapsulate Rebecca on the show in a short enough time to get let the audience like understand how I feel? And I think I found one of my favorite sound bits where Rebecca just comes out swinging with her humor and it also has something to do with Perry. So let me just play this for you. Well, Ed and Lorraine Warren, I'll never forget when she looked at us with all the feeling in the world and she said, what happened to you boys? Was it the science? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Is it the science? She did. Is that the Oh, that? yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Perry, Perry, show me on the doll where science touched you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all of my best lines were with Perry. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. He, he was, was a my, perfect foil oh, well, for you. Yeah. Well, he was that, you know, that was certainly the magic of, part of the magic of Perry, just one of his many great aspects. You can bounce any idea or thought off of him and, you know, he just elevates the whole conversation. But hearing those clips between you and Perry certainly are some of the most precious memories that I have of mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. Uh, without, yeah. Without question. And uh, it, was, it was a really a wonderful time. And it evolved. It really did evolve even after Perry was gone. Like Jay was saying, we all sound, you know, we, it took a little while to sort of really get the uh, the soup to cook and the ingredients to blend. But but once it all did, I, I think it, it really came together quite nicely. And it's just been a, a tremendous, tremendous trip, Rebecca. There's there's really not, a, not another way to put it. Yeah, I completely agree. When you think about it, think how much the skeptical movement has changed over the last nine years. I, I've always felt like the five of us were just a rock that has been unmoved yeah. by all of it when you think about it. Yeah. I do. I get feedback about that too. People say like, you know, the SGU is just steady. It's just there. 
And we that's partly was conscious, you know, that we wanted to be that sort of rock and not not get blown about by what was happening in the movement. Yeah, definitely. Well, there was a lot of stuff going on in Rebecca's life, though, outside, you know, the quite a bit of mm-hmm. of drama yeah. and, and harassment and all that nonsense. Well, initially, Jay, I don't know if you remember, initially, for the longest time, uh, we would joke about how, how many marriage proposals Rebecca got through email. I mean, it was just like yeah. one proposal after the next. And It was uh, the flip <laughs> side of the, the coin, really. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm. Yep. It really was. Rebecca, remember on iTunes when people would leave reviews, every other one would say, wow, we really love that, that Rachel has come on to Rachel, the show. Yeah. Rachel. <laughs> oh, my God. Not, not once. Not once or twice. Constantly. It was about 19, 19 times. Yeah. Constantly. And I, I forgot always, about that. I would always clip them and send them to you, Rebecca, and say, hey, Rachel, <laughs> and there, here's, another, here's another compliment. And there was this one time I went on the SG forums and was reading something about the most recent episode, and somebody was like, yeah, and Rachel said blah, 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 and then someone else responded <laughs> – well, I think Rachel was in the right there and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, holy crap, what is wrong with you people? You're like in my forum talking about me and you can't get my goddamn name right. And then I realized it was, oh. it was April Fool's Day and the, <laughs> the forum manager had changed every instance of the word Rebecca to autocorrect to Rachel. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome! And I fell for a hook line. I was like, seriously, it was like the the final straw. Like, how dare you? (laughs) Good stuff. Oh my god, that's awesome. Well, but the SGU will go on, and this episode's going to go on. Yeah, we are. We're going to go on to the best and worst of 2014, and we'll cycle back, Rebecca, to talking about you and, and the show and everything. But let's get through some of the usual. Look, looking back that we do. Yeah. So best and worst of 2014, us- the usual categories that we do. Let's start just by talking about the SGU itself. Favorite episode, favorite interview, favorite moment. What do you guys remember? What sticks out for you from the show this last year? We've said it before. Favorite. We've had lots of fantastic interviews, but the one that just made me giddy was James Marsters. I have to say it again. You yeah. know, uh, I, I loved Spike. On Buffy, he did a he did a little opening quote for us, and as Spike, which just tickled me so much, and we just love the guy. And and what really made it extra extra special was not that this, this here was this guy that's this famous guy, but he also was a complete science geek, which which I don't think any of us really knew. And not only was a geek, he claimed to actually listen to the show, and that that just was such the icing on the cake. So for me, that is at the absolute most memorable. I mm-hmm. uh, interview that we did among lots of fantastic interviews, but that one really is at the top of the heap for me. Yeah, ditto. <laughs> uh, if we set aside James Marsters, I, I always love having Paul Offit. On. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he was mm-hmm. a he did like a whole guest rogue thing this year, and I thought he did a fantastic job. He's very very intelligent, very very dry. He has a really good sense of humor hiding beneath a rather dry exterior, which I like. He's a good storyteller as well. Yeah. And he's a good sport. He played along with anything we threw at him. Yeah. We, right. we, we have a video coming out with him that you won't believe. Jay and I are like, God, are we going to be able to get Paul to do this? He did anything we asked him to do. It's almost like it became a contest. What can we ask this guy to do and see if he'll, see if he'll do it? Hey, Paul, eat this. <laughs> Don't look at it. Eat it. I have – it's hard to pick, you know, and there's people that we've interviewed before that we re-interviewed this year. I love every time I get to talk to Bill Knight. He's 
amazingly inspiring. Mm. And he also just makes you feel like he's your neighbor. He lives next door to you and you have access to him. You know, he's not, he doesn't have that vibe. Like he's approachable and he's a wonderful person. And then, you know, meeting his counterpart in Australia, Australia, Dr. Carl. I never met Dr. Carl before and mm-hmm. we interviewed him and I spent a lot of time with him at TAM this year. We, we did, we shot a lot of video with him, interviewed gave him. Gave Jay some times. sex advice. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so, guy is so on tap knowledge. Like he just can talk on tap. about that's anything. a perfect, <laughs> yeah. that's a perfect term for him. He's totally, he's always yeah. on tap. Yeah, and absolutely. The other thing I noticed about him was <laughs> whenever I talked with him, it could have been at seven in the morning or at 11 o'clock at night, he comes at everything with the same level of energy and fervor, you know? Um, he didn't get tired. He just kept going yeah. and talking and, and making me just want to stand there and listen to him. So I He's love He's the Energizer Bunny. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, you did an that, Australian uh, accent. Steve yes. did that crazy like day with him, right? Like, yeah, day like the, in the life of Dr. Carl. It was seven interviews. Thanksgiving actually in Sydney and I spent the entire day following Dr. Carl around from radio show to radio show, which is his typical Thursday. And again, wow. he was just endless. We would literally have like we would get to the next studio. We would have one minute before the next show started and boom, we're just firing away with science questions and he just always had something to say. It was a lot of fun. And the, yeah. the day blew by. It went by so fast. At one point, we were sitting down. I'm like, are we having lunch now? Like, I just totally <laughs> lost track of what was happening. <laughs> and it, you know, I did like what part of the day it was. It was a lot. It was funny. Hmm. And I have another one. I, I just want to mention, um, we interviewed Randy at Tam with – Massimo. With Massimo. Yeah. Massimo Polidoro. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Massimo's working Maybe. on a project with Randy, and there was a lot of old Randy stories that I had never heard before, in particular one about Randy pulling a stunt off in a, in a real prison cell where he escaped mm-hmm. from. And just hearing Randy go through that was amazing to me. And, and, you know, watching him unfold the story again and, you know, his enthusiasm about something that happened to him. You know, 20, 25 years ago, it was, it was really awesome. Yeah, speaking of books, we had uh, Jennifer Willette mm-hmm. join us because uh, she had put uh, come out with a book, Me, Myself, and Why, which was a real fun book to read. And we talked about a lot of existential sorts of things, which uh, kind of uh, took me took the show, I think, in a different direction. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that interview. And her acid trip, which was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. That's great. <laughs> her monitored acid trip. Thank goodness for Sean Carroll. Right, 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 right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's talk about the jackass of the year. Oh, boy. There can be well, only one, Steve. List. Let's on, not kid ourselves. Wait. Yeah. Look at my list. Look at my list. There are pages. Yeah, such a, pages. I'm not one even going to pretend. really a standout. Yeah, let's talk about the standout. All right, everyone in our audience listening to this right now, please pick who you think the jackass of the year is, the, the science illiterate, void of critical thinking, jackass of the year. Well- uh, let me, let, can I read? We got an email from Craig Good. Craig Good is our friend, formerly of Pixar, but now he's just out oh. there doing other stuff. Master of all awesome things. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. What did Craig say? Cra- Craig cool. wrote about this category. Is there really any contest this year for sheer ignorance, hubris, and economic damage? This is the food bimbo's year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the food babe, yeah. I have and to agree. The food babe. This was her I, breakout year I disagree year with for calling nonsense. her a bimbo because I think that does a disservice to bimbos everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. And it's I, also an insult to food to have it in the same category right. as her. The word food. You know, I tried to encapsulate her in one sentence. This is something I just threw together. I said, she's a perfect storm in terms of effective fear-mongering coupled with a profound lack of scientific knowledge and fact-checking skills. 
I would throw in self-promotion. Yeah, okay. Yeah, why not? Throw but, that yeah. in there. Even her good information is bad. <laughs> it's yeah, she's terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, I, I also had to give a, a runners up to uh, Doctor Tobinick because he's suing me. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. yes, yeah, kind of yeah. earned you a That's spot, right. you know. And not just me; it's not just it's not all about me. It's if you sue a, a skeptic for just spreading critical thinking and skepticism, then you're on the list. Anyone who does that gets themselves, you know, oh, yeah. just made the list, list buddy. So those are those are yeah. my two. For well, the and year. speaking of lists, uh, was it was it Merkula that did the um, the GMO list? No, Nazi. No, no. Who was that? Mike that, Adams. Mike no. Adams. Mike Adams. Mike Adams. Yeah, he, he he made my list. Yes, he yeah. needs special uh, special attention because I threw him <laughs> in the category of. Uh, most outrageous illogical statement or pseudoscientific claim. He's in, he's my number one for that one. Yeah, like I he, agree. This guy's dangerous. That is just like, wow. And he was yep. really, you know, what f- the food babe did steadily throughout the year, he did in one brief period. No, but he, he uh, does that steadily so, too, Bob. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, oh, oh I know, mistake. I know, but he, but he had a spike. He had oh, this, yeah. this one spike that was just like, I mean, come on, threatening, you know, trying to put, threatening to put together a list of people that should be killed and then making that list. He, and yeah. then blaming that's right I forget it. it's just a, it's a so, whole thing and then but trying yeah, to blame is, somebody else for yes, it yeah. yeah. yes that's right he said it was oh the collaborator side I had nothing to do with it uh, but guess what a little research shows that Adams was behind yeah. it yeah. Hey. amazing caught yeah I agree Jerk. you know he you know yeah, I mean I wouldn't babe, be afraid of my life I'm, you know I'm not afraid of for, for my life with the food babe but I could see how some people would be you know yeah. seriously afraid of this guy and that's a yeah. whole other level yeah that, that is true in my opinion wow. yeah I'd rather run into the food babe at three in the morning you know <laughs> yeah yeah honorable mention uh, Alicia Silverstone uh, gets the Jenny McCarthy uh, award for the year for her book the kind mama uh, in which she uh, correlates Interesting things like uh, tampon use with infertility and certainly, you know, she's anti-vaccination all over the place. So, uh, and I'll also say, how about, uh, PETA and autism, uh, oh, yeah. and their milk and their, their milk comments. Uh, not good. Uh, PETA, come on. What about Gail? Gail? Yeah. Gail who? Never mind. PETA, Gail. What's that? Come on, people. Which, which show? Wait, is this a Hunger Games show? Yeah. Oh, is it Hunger yes, Games? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, that I'm an adult and I read uh, adult books. So, my daughter insisted I read it. Okay, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know there are movies out you can watch. Insisted you read it cover to cover. <laughs> Memorize their names and pick Team Peter or Team Gail. All right, so this was tougher for me. Uh, what? Who would you say is the skeptic of the year? I spent a lot of time thinking about it. I just don't think there was any distinct standouts. I mean, what about the well, the UK skeptics uh, going after that horrible psychic lady and making her yep, fire her horrible? Absolutely, Mark Mark husband. Tilbrook, Mark Tilbrook, definitely mm-hmm. a Sally and the Sally Morgan incident. No doubt about it, made my list. That he, you know, had to stand up to legal threats, to physical threats, among other things, and he had, and he was sort of out there on his own at first, at least, uh, brunting this well threats, these kinds of threats by psychic Sally Morgan. Um, only because he was trying to, you know, spread some information and knowledge about what actually goes on at one of her, at one of her typical performances. So, uh, good for him for, you know, being not just an activist, but also having to, uh, stand up to some, some pretty significant threats. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think that this year there definitely were a lot of uh, skeptics who were doing really good activism that were either focusing on one topic or whatever and did a really great job. So they weren't the typical famous skeptics doing big things. They were workaday activist skeptics doing really good work. And I just think collectively I would elect as quote-unquote skeptic of the year all of the activist skeptics who did good work this year. So you're taking like the Time Magazine Person of the Year, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, it's sort you. of Put, putting a mirror on the front cover. It's you. Hey, stay classy. How about uh, Senator Claire McCaskill, who mm-hmm. gave Dr. Oz a dressing down in front of a Senate subcommittee on consumer protection for making misleading weight loss claims? She nailed him to the cross, and his. His day just keeps getting, his year just kept getting worse after that. And most recently, uh, that resulted in, uh, the BMJ publishing a study looking at all of the claims he made last year. Well, in like 80 or 40 different shows or something like that, 40 shows, I think. Um, and determining that less than 50% of the claims he made actually had any basis in fact had any evidence behind them mm-hmm. i'm surprised it was that yeah high well yeah but that that was even using a very low standard if there yeah. was a single case report that counted as evidence if you want to say like really good evidence the the small minority of the recommendations that he's right. making actually are backed by really good evidence less than half by any evidence which means more than half were completely baseless yeah, it's really has not been his year, and that just that just tickles me pink. One quick quote from uh, from McCaskill: She said to him, "The scientific community is almost monolithic against you in terms of the e- efficacy of the three products you call miracles." And uh, just the expression on his face when yeah. that was going on, and and what happened <laughs> just most recently with this this you know the uh, assessment of his claims. It's just wow. It's just I didn't think that you know it would come, but it, they really yeah. are lining up against him, and it's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, I want to mention a couple things. Uh, I want to, I want to, I, I think, you know, we come down harsh on the media. We're, we're, we're pretty stern and that's kind of been something we've been, I think, consistent with, uh, over the coming up on 10 full years now that we've been doing this, uh, is that we take the media for t- to task when they're wrong, but they also should get credit when they do good work. Mm-hmm. And I think when the BBC, uh, ditched their fault, any sort of false balance standard, yeah, tr- standard that they, that they, that, their reporters were, uh, you know, living up to and they essentially enacted this new policy saying that not all ideas have, have equal merit and deserve equal time. I thought that was a very good positive, yeah. uh, movement forward, especially by a major media organization like the BBC. So credit where credit is deserved. And also I'll mention Pando Daily, which I found to be a very useful website. And Steve, you blogged and I think we talked on the show earlier in the year about crowdfunding. And, uh, how so many slippery products yeah. and things get into, uh, you know, Indiegogo and, uh, Kickstarter and, and these other things, which kind of also became sort of a theme of 2014. And Pando Daily did a really good job of sort of uncovering, uh, the, going into the deep weeds on, on a few mm-hmm. of these companies and exposing them for exactly who they are and, and, and what they were trying to do. Uh, so good job to Pando Daily. Yeah, there definitely are occasional good, really good, just general science reporting, even very skeptical, critical thinking science reporting in the, in the mainstream media. I also, I mean, I think in retrospect, I think it's worth mentioning Bill Nye's debate with Ken Ham. Yes, I, I it's think, on my list as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did a good job and it was a net positive, all things considered. 
Yeah, which could have turned out to really be disastrous because yeah. we've seen it turn disastrous in the past with other debaters and people from the skeptic movement and science trying to go into an arena like that and coming out really bad on the other side. But you're right, Steve. It, it turned out to be okay. Mm-hmm. We, let's move on a little bit to just favorite episodes, favorite uh, moments from the SGU. We did get um, some votes from the outside. Let me maybe just mention the ones that got mentioned. From episode 444... Uh, science or fiction riff on tall whites. You guys remember that? Yeah, I do. Not at all. No. I remember that. <laughs> um, was, that episode, was really funny. episode 447, the comment, put yourself in Satan's hooves. That, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, sounds like a Rebecca-ism. Is that amazing? Yeah. yeah it's a, okay. I would, I would guess. Take it. Uh-huh. And then, um, well, there's a, there's a vote for the best Who's That Noisy, which we could talk about separately. But the uh, I, I, I agree with this one. I listened back to it. The turtle coitus. Yes. Oh, no God. question. No question. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, at a, at a very high level, for me, the, the two episodes stand out. And the content of the episodes is almost irrelevant, which is ironic. But the Sydney and the New Zealand uh, shows, for me, were just so much fun. Just just from the pure venue alone, they were just so fantastic yeah. and had so much fun. From the Sydney private show, which is our show this week, I remember this because I was just editing it last week, the uh, the clown sex riff was really <laughs> yeah. funny. With the, yep. with the- <laughs> and we did, we did a listener vote for similar – uh, we, when we riffed on Jay's uh, flatulence. Do you remember that? From episode 443. Oh, we still, yeah. But when are we, we not talking still about talking Yeah, about that like one. that yeah. doesn't ring a bell only because it's so common. <laughs> yeah. Narrow it down. Episode, episodes further, yeah. 440 through 489. <laughs> Our private show in Australia, when I was talking about the news item about putting DNA on the outside of a rocket. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was good too. Yeah, I had a couple of people write in that were just saying that they they were laughing out loud at work or whatever. And it's really – that was one hell of a show for me because we were all completely exhausted. That was oh my so God. tiring. So, it was yeah, our guard was yeah. completely down and we were just going for it. Yeah. So I, I, like, I love yeah. that, that moment I think out of the whole year. All right, guys. Here's my favorite episode. And as you know, I always love the live episodes. Obviously, uh, Tam, uh, Dragon Con we did again this year, which was a really fun episode as well. Um, but for me personally, it was episode 467. This happened on June 21st. And here's, here's the lineup. Here are, some, here are all the things we talked about. And I, I had so much fun with all these things. First of all, we started the show with a group hug, an internet hug, which I think was great. Second of all, it's happening on June 21st, which is the summer solstice. So we talked about that. Really cool. We did the Cosmos review. Oh, you know, yeah. Cosmos was really one of the big things that happened in 2014. You know, this epic miniseries again relaunched and it was great to sort of relive that as well. Also in that episode, we talked about the Deepak Chopra challenge, oh, yeah. <laughs> which was, you know, a lot of fun and made a lot of fun of that. The Dr. Oz segment, Rebecca, you know, we spoke about that. Claire McCaskill and how, what a great job she, she did there. Bob, you talked about the time, uh, the machine. Um, with the new architecture that they've, uh, that they've developed. That, that was a lot of fun as we were making fun of the fact that they couldn't come up with anything better than the machine. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the I, whole, we, we interviewed the dentist and, and, and I was really going mm-hmm. off on teeth. That actually was a lot of fun. And I did get to interface with a lot of people over email about that. Um, that was the, my least favorite episode because <laughs> I saw, because I still have trouble like deciding whether or not to floss. Like we you did floss. not come to a no, solid decision on that. I thought about it, Rebecca. I have the answer. 
first of all, you should floss anyway because, if anything, it'll help your bad breath if you have bad breath because you have rotting food in between your teeth. So yeah. long-term, yeah, sure. Maybe the, the jury is still out on whether or not it has a long-term effect on, on cavities or not, but your breath on a daily basis is very important. So freaking floss. Okay. I saw a really great ad while we were in, I think it was when we were in Sydney for a mouthwash and it said, brushing alone, brushing your teeth misses 75% of your mouth. And ah. then there's an asterisk and at the bottom, the asterisk said, your teeth comprise approximately 25% of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. It was a oh, tiny print awesome. at the bottom. That is awesome. Very cool. <laughs> Well, everyone, we're going to take a break from our show to talk about one of our sponsors this week, the Dollar Shave Club. Guys, I don't know of a better way than to shave with razors from the Dollar Shave Club. Right, this is really simple. This is the smarter way to handle purchasing razors because they're less expensive and they're better or just as good as any other brand I've tried. I use Dollar Shave Club's razors because they work. If they didn't work, I wouldn't use them. So for just a few dollars, one, two, three dollars a month, depending on which style you pick, they'll deliver the razors to your door and you'll always have brand new razors in your drawer. I mean, seriously, like whoever is not using this that shaves right now, consider it because it's awesome. Yeah, guys, I'm totally going to use these as gift cards for the holidays or, or, you know, grab bags and stuff like that. I think they'd be perfect for it. You can get a gift card in any amount and you could use it for anything that they sell. Like Dr. Carver's Easy Shave Butter. <laughs> Shaves like butter. And guys, don't forget their their wipes are great. I'm serious. I use them. They make me feel really nice. <laughs> They're really good. Over a million people get razors from dollarshaveclub.com. You know, look, I'm doing it. Yeah, so go to dollarshaveclub.com slash SGU today. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash SGU. All right, guys, let's get back to our show. So, guys, we have two clips Fred Bremer did sort of a best of 2014 clip uh, that we're going to play. Yeah, and then Jason Ferber sent us a mashup. He does one of an individual rogue each year, and this year he completed his set by doing Bob. Yay! So, Finally, let's listen me. to to those two uh, mashups of the SGU, and then uh, and enjoy. Here we go. And boy, does it squirt! I predict Jay will become sentient. But so far, you're losing. So I say, read a damn science book. Climate is different from weather. Hello? Stephen Hawking says there are no black holes. He's going to screw us on this. So therefore, say the alligator, crocodile. <laughs> when I first read it, I thought the baby was the result of a threesome. What? What are you chuckling at, Rebecca? Back into uh, the front. But it kind of makes sense, and more sense than a pepper tree ever did. Hold on to your cerebrums. <laughs> so every time I blow my nose on my calculating pie... And eyes themselves are really just little pieces of our brain that are just kind of like poking out of our head anyway. Also, in animals that produce a lot of methane, like cattle and jay. How many people here love quarks? I just had a joint on me, and I'm in jail next to this guy who uh, is winking at me. I don't know. It's too ridiculous to be false. I know literally everything about the solar system except these three things. <laughs> Isn't it pronunciation? I'm just going to call it Tyrion. I will kill him! Join us. <laughs> it oh. says multiverse right in the Bible. <laughs> Holy crap. Technically, you're right. And if it's true, I'm going <laughs> to kill you. Wink Martindale. By 10 inches, I got some major tingling going on. That would change the face of porn. <laughs> I hate being smart. I yeah. drove two hours north and I saw shit. 
wait a second. Did I say more cooler? Oh, crap. Hello. That's the <laughs> holy grail of physics. When did it change from Sacagawea to Sacagawea? Spectroscopy. A stuffed animal orgy. I don't think you can add a layer to this <laughs> to make it more wrong. That's what they want you to think. I'm not even paying attention. Double crap. That was the Bob mashup by Jason Farber. Now let's listen to Fred Bremer's summary of 2014. The information one was a big one. That was the Black Hole Wars, right? Where Hawking said, oh, if you know, you guys are right, then information is lost from the universe, which is impossible. Nah, nah. Yeah. The Black uh, Hole Wars sounds a lot more exciting than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, I think war. it's exciting. It Come was on. exciting, Rebecca. It was. <laughs> All right. Oh, sweetie. <laughs> no lives were lost in the Black Hole Wars. <laughs> but a few were spaghettified, though. Back by popular demand, we have last week's Who's That Noisy? Oh, my God. (laughs) Knowing what it is is very funny. Yeah. (laughs) Go to YouTube and watch the video for it, and you watch the expressions of the turtles, both the male turtle and the female turtle during coitus. It is absolutely hilarious. It's laugh-out-loud funny. Lots and lots of right answers. Just about as many correct answers as there were from the week prior with Oliver Stone. So uh, mm-hmm. that that's a credit to our listening audience, frankly, if you ask me. I hope this week is Oliver Stone having sex. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. uh, gosh. Back into the right. Uh, essentially, it's leftover code, you know, that was taken over by other genes or maybe some of it's uh, just old code from viruses. It's an older code, but it checks out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> awesome. Nice uh, one. James, before we end, give, give us a little spike. No, I don't do that anymore. You've got, <laughs> I've, I've moved on with my life, for God's sake. Bloody hell. So, James Marsters, a.k.a. Spike, thank you so much for joining us on The Skeptic's Guide. It's really been a lot of fun. I've had a fabulous time. I like hanging out with people who are a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> And yet oh you gosh. liked this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way yeah. you do. That's why I hang out with Steve. So, <laughs> All right. They found that there were three basic guidelines that govern the time and place. So like, when do ants just finally decide we're going to build our home here? The three guidelines or laws, if you want to call it. One is uh, an ant must not harm a human or allow a human to come to harm. Wait, wait, Jay. What? Are those robot ants? I think you mixed up your Asimov. That, your you're ant. right. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> The second one is, um, the first rule of ant colony building is that you don't talk about ant colony building. <laughs> yeah, that, that's Fight Club, Jay. Okay. Um, the third one is, uh, <laughs> all ants must put the lotion in the basket. Uh, it, <laughs> they do that whenever they're told. Oh, no. He went, oh, no. He went there. Don't you hurt my dog. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> all, right. all right, I got the real ones. This methanogen is found in a lot of places today, uh, like in oil and sewage, also in animals that produce a lot of methane, like cattle and jay. So, so to uh, to support his idea, the scientist did a deep dive. Thanks, into the Rebecca. G- <laughs> I thought that was very funny. I don't know. I don't get many good chuckles from her, Jay. Just give it to me. So, Bob, what you're saying is that bacteria producing methane can be deadly. No, I'm just, I just want to know how careful I need to be hanging around Jay. Yeah, I mean, Bob, seriously, can you kill yourself with your own farts? Tell us about <laughs> the dangers of touch ovens. <laughs> and, and open flames. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Were, were these bacteria silent but deadly? Oh, God. <laughs> okay. 
last week's Who's That Noisy? Here we go. That sounds like a Tasmanian (laughs) devil. Yes. That was the most popular guess by far. By far, that was the most popular guess. It also happened to be the wrong guess. That was, in fact, uh, an alpaca. (laughs) A male alpaca, uh, let's see, uh, in the act of procreation with a female alpaca. And that that is the distinct, distinct noise that they make. And how do I know? That it's distinct? Well. Because you f***ed an alpaca? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Very nice, Steve. See, that's the funniest fluffy. thing you've ever said. <laughs> what about sea anemones? Anemones? I never <laughs> say that word. <laughs> I call them sea enemies. <laughs> my sea allies. Anemones are my arch nemeses. <laughs> the anemones, the anemones of my anemones are my. I always, I, I always think of that joke with Franz like this. Who needs an anemone? <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a joke? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> is that some sort of sick joke? That was a three-second delay joke for me. Crab-eating macaques typically do not consume crabs. They are opportunistic omnivores. Okay, so it's amazing yep. how many animals their names are misnomers. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the jumbo shrimp. (laughs) The jumbo. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like the, uh, you know, the koala bear is not a bear. Oh, right. Right. The Tasmanian devil is actually a demon. I don't know if you were aware of that. (laughs) Oh, okay. There's that. I thought it was just a minor demon. That's a good one. (laughs) The uh, sun bear is not actually a sun. The uh, cockatoo is not a, well... Uh, yeah, it kind of speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it only the, has uh, one. <laughs> the sloth is actually my ex-wife, so go and figure. Yeah. Oh, oh, boy. Hey, how you doing out there? Like jellyfish are not fish. <laughs> oh, yeah. Starfish, not, not stars. Also, I mean, not fish. Also not a fish. The Holy Roman Empire was neither holy nor Roman nor an empire. Yeah, not, a, that's not an animal either, but that's okay. <laughs> the sucker-footed bat is not a sucker. They're pretty damn smart. You know, take good care of your teeth, and then, you know, in the future, if you get any new cavities, it can... Pull this device out and stimulate your tooth, and it'll repair it for you. But you said it, it can't handle like a big cavity. Well, it can't handle a really big giant you, hole Jay, that's in your tooth. You're saying it can't handle the tooth. It can't oh handle the my tooth. God. Oh, yes, thank you, Steve. Uh-huh. And Bob's right. That Hooray. wacky quantum mechanics can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, almost very the cool. Deus Ex Machina of science or fiction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what? What the scientists did was they used a uh, neutron interferometer. Have you heard of that, Bob? Yeah. Yeah. You take a beam <laughs> of neutrons, you split them into two paths, um, or the neutrons could basically take one of two take paths. One of two, two, the two paths. I know, right? And, uh, <laughs> you actually what? described it pretty well, Steve. So, go now, taking that to the next step, though. When you decouple these power converters, <laughs> yeah, right, and you cross phase them through through the actual like with the early early Java converter type systems, what, what you get is a a semi cross parallax parallelization of the <laughs> the comatose crematores. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the power converters at Tashi Station? Fish, you know, of course, it's easy to see. Huge groups of fish swimming in coordination. Schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rebecca just schooled you, Jay. <laughs> Good one, Steve. Essentially, it took out his left frontal lobe. 
and his left eye. His left eye was gone. Left frontal lobe basically destroyed. So like um, there's like a nanosecond lobotomy is, is what, what it was. Yeah, although it's not really a lobotomy because um, lobotomies are you know as a surgical procedure is much more precise and would have well, a different of course. <laughs> well, have a different no effect. shit Steve. <laughs> yeah, but it would actually have a it would have a completely different effect. No, you see Bob, a lobotomy is often performed in a surgical environment. <laughs> this was it's a like, tamping rod gosh, driving like saying, the skull. It's like saying Kennedy had a lobotomy. I'm happy to go first. Okay, so astronomers have they've discovered Did you, did you say astronomers? <laughs> astronomers. Awesome. <laughs> You could rip off a, a limb or a tail, and they would—they could still survive. They've got amazing immune systems. They said that about uh, the crocodile in Peter Pan. He takes a licking and keeps on ticking. Oh, oh, God. Oh, boy. My wife and I had to bring one of our children to a physician. The first meeting, they were flirting with the nonsense, and I started pushing back. And my wife's like, you know, don't be rude, and let's give her a chance, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I'm like, fine, let's, well, I'll keep my mouth shut next time and we'll just give her a chance. <laughs> and then the next time the floodgates of Wu opened and then we left that meeting and the wife's like, oh God, you were right. That was a complete waste of time. Total and utter Steve, waste how the hell did you not oh, go apeshit on that? I mean, that poor doctor had no idea who the hell was in his office. No, it's true. It's true. <laughs> oh my God. So Chuck Norris of skepticism. <laughs> yeah. That decision says, we don't need any educated information about science. And anymore. we don't need no education. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just going to be like three minutes of the word nano. <laughs> nano. <laughs> nano. <laughs> nano. 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 It is funny because they're all so out of context. Like, what could Bob possibly have been talking about? Yes. There? Yeah. Whereas like, with, the, uh, yeah. with Fred's mashup, you know, you get more of the whole segment, so it's interesting contrast there. But uh, very funny. So thanks, guys. Thank for you, doing Fred. That. That Thank awesome. you, Jason. That was thanks, a lot guys. of fun. Awesome. Well, let's turn to science in 2014. Uh, look back over some of the the good science news stories, the not so good science news stories. Maybe give a little follow up. Um, there was a lot of space exploration news in 2014. A lot of stuff happened. Yeah, I mean, I can give you some stats on on how the year went, but this was a fantastic year for space travel because we're seeing a lot of testing and a lot of other companies now uh, in the private sectors getting involved, which is exactly what we want because that's you know the more the more commercialized, in my opinion, space travel becomes, the more access the rest of the world will have to it, the more launches we'll have, the more people in outer space. You know, we want this to become like flying in a jet. You know, everyone can do it, and it's it's cost effective. So during um, the first mission went up on January fifth. There was a total of eighty seven mis- missions last year that were worth talking about, and eighty three of them were successes, two failures and two partial failures. So out of these, not bad. You know, yeah, it's actually very good. I mean, it's not airline about, travel though, Jay. We're not, not there even yet. Close. Yeah, I mean, we're doing. They're probably there's probably hundreds of jets taking off every hour, but you know, you know the cost and the danger and all that stuff. But we're seeing you know different kinds of vehicles being created. You know, we have um, we have Virgin Galactic's vehicle, um, which I think is really cool. I mean, that seems to be something just based on getting people in the you know upper atmosphere. But it's just a cool project that is being worked on. Well, that's um, one of the ones Virgin Galactic Spaceship Two is 
one of the ones that exploded. That's right. Yeah, but, you know, this is what's going to happen. We're testing all these things. Yeah. Some amazing stuff going on where we have, you know, new command modules being developed by multiple companies. Um, you know, we have, we have trips to the International Space Station happening, you know, by, by companies in the private sector. You know, we also have on the drawing boards for future development, you know, even though I, you know, you could be very skeptical about some of these, but missions to Mars are being discussed and being, being funded. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things being funded by the public that would never, you'd never imagine 20 years ago that this type of activity is happening. So I just think moving forward, we're going to see a lot of incredible things coming from the private sector, like in the next five yeah. to 10 years. Uh, some <laughs> highlights for me were a lot of the international uh, projects, like the Indian Space Research Organization sent a probe to Mars, like really inexpensively. Japan sent Hayabusa 2 probe to an asteroid. China sent the U-2 or Jade Rabbit to the moon. And the European Space Agency sent the Rosetta to a probe to Comet 67P. That was, a, that was huge. That was huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. That was probably my pick for science story of the year. Mine too, yeah. Although it's hard to say because, you know, it's recent in mind, so maybe right. I'm mm-hmm. just, you know. No, but it, no, it was it, significant. I mean, it, it's a, it was a long journey. I mean, it took forever to get there and, you know, a lot had to go right, certainly. It had to... Mm-hmm. It just the, the incredible amount of moving parts to this puzzle of a mission was incredible. And the fact that they did get it to actually land, albeit a little crooked and they lost uh, power with it. But other than, you know, other than that, that, that thing was just an incredibly successful mission that unfolded over a 10 year period. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. If you watch the path of the ship from the moment it took off from the earth and how it was being assisted by multiple planets in their gravity and all of that activity. It's really impressive that we could calculate those things and be that accurate. And then during the celebration and the interviews and so forth, we, we wound up with, uh, uh, uh the unfortunate short gate, uh, scandal, uh, with the scientists wearing the, uh, you know, the shirt, which ironically sort of got, Grabbed the lion's share of, of attention in news reporting uh, at the at, at the end and towards the end of the climax of the of the whole thing. So, a little feminism found its way into this uh, into this particular major science story as well. Well, and that's been you know probably you know the biggest story in science this year has you know not been a scientific discovery, but I think the growing movement of women who are speaking up about uh, the the position of women in science and how we're making it better and how we're making it worse. And that was, that came, you know, Matt Taylor's shirt came at a time when, you know, that was reaching its apex, I think. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, really, that's why people, you know, jumped on that as a really obvious example of, Hey, here's a way that, you know, some people are quite ignorantly, uh, impeding women's progress in the sciences, you know, without even realizing it. So, yeah, I, I think the, you know, ripples of doubt and other stories of, you know, women that, that women are bringing up on Twitter and other social media, uh, women who work in the sciences, that stuff has been huge this year. And that's probably, I think, like the biggest thing that's been happening in the sciences is like one large conversation that's ongoing. Yeah. It's like almost like we're at a tipping point, you know, where it's like suddenly no longer acceptable to be sexist in scientific circles, which is, of course, fantastic. Right. I think, it, you know, Cosmos added to it, you know, just Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, in one episode, mm-hmm. 
and more than one episode actually, but there was one in particular where he was talking about a lot of female scientists who made very significant yes. contributions yes. and said, you've and probably never heard of any yep. of these women, of any of these scientists. I yeah. wonder why that is. You know, he That's just made right. a very eloquent point about the fact that Women have been contributing to the sciences, but just over, you know, the, the, we're lacking in female science role models partly because they've just been ignored. And, yeah. but their, their contributions are there for anyone to see, you know? Yeah. That was a great episode too. But yeah, and that's, that's one of the nice things about the world that we're living in right now is that through social media and other ways, there are, are so many awesome female scientists who are stepping up and are becoming really amazing communicators of science at the same time as being really great role models for other women who are interested in pursuing a career in the sciences. I have a vote for what I think is was one of the most significant science news items of the year, also one of the most surprising to me, and that was the olfactory stem cells that were used to treat spinal cord paralysis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was one of like when I first read like, oh, this is being overhyped, you know, that I, I read into it, like, no, this actually happened. Yeah, this is – essentially they, they harvested um, these types of cells that are – you know, the, the nose constantly is regenerating itself. You know, the, the neural cells which are involved with, with the sense of smell. And uh, scientists were able to use those uh, cells to uh, regenerate a damaged part of a – of a spinal cord, they did. They tested four patients, and I think two of them had a pretty good response, you know, to the treatment. It's not a cure, but it was, you know, a significant step, I think, uh, and it shows the potential for this kind of neurological recovery. So, to me, that was surprising in a very, very good way. That was one of those like we're living in the future type of scientific discoveries. Yeah. Not quite happening. Yeah, not quite there yet, but that was like, wow, we were starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel here. Yeah. You guys have any other votes for some cool science news for the year? Yeah, for me, uh, all the ones you guys mentioned are, are, are great. Uh, a couple other ones that I threw on my list. Um, the gravitational waves from the Big Bang, uh, was big. Unfortunately, uh, th- there has been a kind of a, you know, a rug thrown on top of it. Uh, there's some doubt now that uh, that some of their methodology was, was suspect and needs to be reevaluated. And I'm really hoping that this does turn out to be a, a, a real discovery. Uh, really help us, you know, peer at the the earliest, tiniest slivers of a second after the Big Bang and really learn things that we can never learn otherwise. So I really hope that that pans out. So that's still kind of an if thing now. Um, mm-hmm. Another one uh, I mentioned on the show was a, uh, a new process for creating these little uh, micro-architectured nanostructures that are incredibly light and incredibly strong uh, that I think could uh, cause a revolution in material science. From the construction of rockets and spaceships to cars, It's this if this pans out and it looks pretty fantastic and it looks like uh it's uh, it looks like it's really there there's really not too much doubt about it i think it, we could see a huge impact in material science which as you know impacts almost everything so those are some big stories that uh, that really caught my interest this year i like when science can be elegant and sort of simple in a sense in which you know little simple experiments are done that yield some pretty big results remember the potato chip bag and the uh, vi- the visual microphone Mm-hmm, yeah. That, oh, yes. That we, ta- that that we was, talked about. That was awesome. I forgot about that. that <laughs> so the filming so of the vibrations of the bag of potato it. chips, 
And that's right. And the scientists can create and recreate the ambient sound. That's amazing that they, that they can measure that. So that, that got an honorable mention for me. Uh, the FDA also approved their first powered exoskeleton. Uh, mm-hmm. very cool. And for those of you who saw the movie Elysium, you'll, uh, kind of get a sense for, uh, for, for what that was all about. Uh, so FDA approves that. Very cool. Uh, it's $70,000 right now. So it's not exactly affordable for, for everyone and anyone who needs it. But, uh, that technology is not even five to 10 years away. Thank you. We're, we're ready for that one. And finally, we, uh, solved the, uh, scientists solved the riddle of the sailing stones of Death Valley. Oh, yeah. In which the edges of the ice were finally, so long. Finally, after yeah. 70, 90 years of wandering. Yeah. So, uh, I like those, um, those little ones that, uh, to me, uh, deserved a little honorable mention. So there you have it. Let me just run through some of the other stuff, just science in 2014 that's worth mentioning. It, we're still in the midst of a spasm of exoplanet discoveries. Kepler confirmed 715 new exoplanets, including an Earth-sized planet in the habitable zone. Uh, the MAVEN mission to Mars is starting to send back loads of data about the Martian atmosphere. MAVEN. This year we discovered that, uh, confirmed that Neanderthal DNA exists in humans so that we have uh, some Neanderthal in all of us. And the first instance of possible Homo erectus art. Uh, Bob mentioned Bicep 2, which is a huge story, which would then lost some of its steam later in the year. And so along similar lines, we discovered this year, you guys remember the uh, Mississippi baby? Uh, this is a baby that was thought to be cured of HIV by early aggressive treatment. Oh, that's and right. Unfortunately, this year it was discovered that they, they, they have measurable amounts of HIV, so it was not eradicated. So that was unfortunate. Stem cell boom and bust as well. The Riken Center for Development Biology in Kobe, Japan, announced mm-hmm. an easy way to make stem cells, later exposed as fraud. And just recently, the scientist resigned in disgrace. And one of them, Steve, one of the scientists killed themselves. Oh, is that right? Yeah, one yeah, of the that, uh, that was earlier. It happened in it happened in August as as all this was sort yeah. of unf- still unfolding. It took sort of a whole year to for really it, for it to come to its conclusion. But in August, one yeah. of the uh, co-authors of of the uh, of the study of one of the two studies, you know, yeah. unfortunately, and it killed himself in, in yeah, disgrace yeah. of what had happened. It's really sad. And Bob, I thought you would have mentioned this one. The synthetic chromosome of yeast was done this year. This is, you know, it was not a whole yeast. It was just one chromosome. But this is, uh, that was a significant step forward in synthetic biology, which I know is something you're really interested in. Yes. Yep. That was definitely on my list as well. This year, six vials of smallpox were found in a lab refrigerator. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I'm so thirsty. What's yeah. in here? Yeah. In the break room. Uh, Ray- clink, clink, clink. Yeah. Glug, 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 glug. Raising questions about whether or not we should be keeping vials of smallpox hanging around. As long I as mean, they're, I, as long as they're labeled correctly. <laughs> seriously, like really? Like how can that happen? And the answer to your question is no, we shouldn't. Like they, laying around, they should be in a freezer somewhere in a bunker, right? <laughs> well, certainly not in a lab refrigerator. I um, found them in a Gatorade jug. <laughs> the, the big, big science news story of 2014 was Ebola, the worst outbreak of Ebola mm-hmm. ever, more deaths than every other out- Ebola outbreak previously, and spawning a lot of research where, you know, I've been reading about efforts to develop an Ebola vaccine as well as uh, effective treatments over the last six months. Um, nothing yet, nothing on the market yet, but um, looks like it, things are moving forward pretty quickly. We'll probably see one soon. 
And, and of course, with that story comes the negative, well, it's negative to begin with, but the even worse side of it in which the uh, homeopaths tried to show up and peddle yep. their, peddle their water oh to, to people. And, uh, also some, you know, witch doctors and, and other sorts of characters emerged. Uh, yeah. Faith healers and others uh, claiming that they could do some good. When, yeah, that's when a good they... point, Evan. So as a late honorable mention for skeptical jackass of the year is all, all the homeopaths who were trying to push their homeopathic Ebola treatments on the world. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Bastards. Does anybody have a nominee for the worst science fail of the year? Obviously, so I, I do. I wouldn't have brought up the category. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll, Why don't you just go? I'll start with mine. You guys can think of think of any. The AWARE near-death experience study was the worst science of the year. Oh, that's right. That was horrible. It was much anticipated. It was a complete bust. And then the authors tried to spin it as if it actually meant something when it was just complete and utter nonsense. So they were were trying to capture verified out-of-body experiences during a near-death experience where they were reading a hidden card with a word or on it. And nobody did, but they just... (laughs) Included the usual stories, you know, months, a year later about, you know, a typical near-death experience as as if it were evidence. Utter, complete failure, in my opinion. And, and Steve, I'd like to also uh, hinge on to that by saying that your debate with, with your partner, Steve, uh, Sean Carroll, uh, in the Death is Not Final debate was certainly one of the highlights uh, of the skeptical year for me. It was, uh, it was really wonderful to see you guys... Uh, Pull apart the, those uh, those other folks like a like a pillow, uh, feather pillow. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It was. Steve, here's one that I that I kind of made note of. That I don't know if I th- this isn't a science fail, but it certainly is a fail. Um, you do you remember that uh, that saint that Baba uh, Ashutosh Maharaj? Oh, who the a, guy. He's got ton, yeah. Tons of followers. He, uh, he he's was he alive or was he attack. just meditating? He, yeah. Right, he had a heart attack 11 years ago. Died. And they are his followers are claiming that he is in this higher level of state of consciousness, samadhi, and uh, his followers put his body on ice when when they notice telltale signs of decay, they put him on ice so that they could preserve his body for when he comes back. And meanwhile, doctors, police, and courts have all said this guy is dead. These people are saying he's not dead. You would think it would be easy, you know, t- to decide one way or the other uh, which it is. And uh, but of course, it's complicated by a huge. Uh, this guy's got a huge estate. Millions and millions of dollars, and they're you know, and so there's that that's at stake, and that is playing into it, I think. But still, it's just like wow, people are saying he's dead, some are saying he's not, and it's like, what, really? You can't decide. All right, it's just a, it's just an interesting thing that has not been. I research, I research it. It has not. He's still on ice. He's been on ice for he's many still months dead, now. Bro. He's still, he's, he's still <laughs> dead. Yeah. <laughs> Well, everyone, we're going to take a quick break from our show to talk about one of our sponsors this week, Hulu Plus. Uh, guys, you got to see It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If you haven't seen that show, it's so hilarious. You will fall in love with Charlie. These are the most narcissistic people you ever see and, and love. They are just like horrible and so entertaining. Check it out. How, how about season two of uh, American Horror Story? That was my favorite season. Very good. These are all on Hulu Plus, and right now Hulu Plus has all the current season episodes of your favorite shows, like How to Get Away with Murder, Once Upon a Time, South Park. Hulu Plus has all the past season's episodes of Bob's one of Bob's favorite shows. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Archer, guys, ever see that? Oh, my God, yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's funny. Just finished Sons of Anarchy, Californication, Love and Hip Hop. And lots of other awesome shows. And 
Jay, Bob, Steve, Hulu Plus works on your computer, Smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, Wii, PlayStation, uh, pretty much any streaming device that you already own. So for only $7.99 a month, watch all your fall shows anytime, anywhere. So you guys could be totally hooked up. Get a two-week free trial when you go to HuluPlus.com slash SGU. Two weeks is better than one, obviously. That's right. Go to HuluPlus.com slash SGU and get your two-week free trial. All right, guys. Let's get back to our show. Okay, Evan. Oh, Steve. We're going to do the Who's That Noisy winner for 2014. That's right. Here we go. Everyone ready? Yes. I know you've been waiting. So... What we did is we took all the winners from the year 2014 each week from Who's That Noisy? And we put their names into a hat. A virtual hat. Or is it a real hat? Oh, it was a hat. Okay. It's like a, it was Abraham Lincoln's uh, stovetop hat, in fact. Got it. I'm, I'll get it back to the museum tomorrow. My daughter dug her hand <laughs> in there, reached around, fished around, took a good few seconds, and pulled out a name. And the name was listener Abigail Drum. Yay. Abigail, congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, Abigail. So, Evan, tell her what she's won. Well, Steve, Abigail will be joining us in the coming weeks to participate in the game called Science or Fiction. She will be playing with and or against the other rogues. So, congratulations, Abigail Drum. All right. Well, thanks, Evan. Congratulations right. again, Abigail. So, we'll look forward to you early in January for, for uh, Science or Fiction. Okay, so next segment, we're going to talk about in memoriam. So these are people that we lost over 2014. Rebecca, there was really only one prominent skeptic that I'm aware of who died in 2014, and that was uh, your friend Victor Stenker. Yeah, Vic, uh, who wrote uh, God, the Failed Hypothesis, amongst many others. He was such an awesome guy. He will be greatly missed. Let's talk about... Some scientists uh, who passed away this year. Do any of you know who Willie Bergdorfer is? Was I would no. remember that name. I would think. Berg, see, see, any physician would instantly know who this is because he had a bacteria named after him, Borrelia burgdorferi, which is <laughs> the spirochete that causes Lyme disease. So he oh. identified the bacteria that causes Lyme disease. Uh, Donald S. Donald Stuckey. Invented Corningware, died at age 99, almost made wow. it to 100. Wow. Corning Labs in New York yep. also created the mirrors for the, for many of the early telescopes that uh, yeah. were used in the yeah. first half of the 20th century, including a Mount Wilson Observatory in California. Uh, Merton Sandler, a pioneer in psychopharmacology. Jerry Mock, first woman to fly solo around the world. Oh, wow. Oleg Ivanovsky, who was a Russian rocket scientist. Arthur Hullman, who helped pioneer the heart-lung machine. Peter Marler, who showed that birds learned to sing and de helped uh, decode their songs. Donald Ross was Britain's first heart transplant uh, surgeon in 1968. Stephanie Kowalik developed Kevlar. She gets a lot of mentions everywhere. So she wow. developed the fibers yeah. that were woven together to make Kevlar. Nice. G Gerald Edelman, Nobel Prize 1972 in physiology or medicine for the structure of antibodies. That's kind of basic. Alexander Shulgin called the grandfather of psychedelics. Nice. Ralph Baer. You guys are going to all appreciate this one. Ralph Baer is the father of video games. Oh, yeah. I developed the oh. first video game. Yeah, I watched a YouTube video on him, and it was really cool how the whole thing unfolded. Yeah. 
George Heilmeyer developed LCD technology. That'll never catch on. That'll, yeah. <laughs> Richard Batten developed computer control and guidance system used by Apollo. So he's one of the guys who helped get us to the moon, if you believe that we went to the moon. Herb Lotman, who's the father of Chicken McNuggets. Okay. <laughs> Roger Eastern, Easton, Roger Easton, father of GPS. So we got LCD technology, GPS, Kevlar, and video games all represented. Oh, and here's the interesting God. one. Andrew K. Do you guys remember K-Pro computers from the 80s? Yeah. K-Pro. Yeah. Andrew K. So if anything – In relation to Andrew W.K. Was this guy all about partying? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Do you guys – anyone ever watch the, the show Halt and Catch Fire? It's no. it's about a 1980s computer company that was producing a kind of a luggable computer, and just the the that story that they're following in that show. It's very good, by the way. Halt and Catch Fire uh, reminded me a lot of the story of this company, K Pro Computers. It basically start went from 1982 to 1992, developing totally proprietary computers. They didn't adapt to the whole IBM uh, compatible error when that happened, and then the company died. So, and then there's also some, some people that I think are recognizable from popular and geek culture that deserve a mention. Glenn A. Larson. Does that name ring a bell? Absolutely. No. Oh. No, no. Battlestar Galactica, Knight Rider, Magnum P.I. If you watch television in the 80s, yes, you saw this saw guy's stuff. name at the, in the end credits. Tom Magliozzi. This was said. Tom Magliozzi is one of the brothers of Car Talk. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm, yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Car Talk was so good. Oh. That show was so good that I listened to it because of the relationship yeah. between the two brothers. I didn't really yeah. care much about the Car Talk, you know? Oh, no doubt yeah. about it. It, it, it. For us AM radio listeners from way back when, Car Talk was always accessible on the weekends and you just, you just stopped. You, you had, you had to hear, it didn't matter what they were talking about. Cars or movies or food. It didn't matter. They were so much yeah. fun to listen to. Oh, absolutely. They were partly uh, role models and an inspiration for the SGU. I mean, I listen to Car Talk every week, and I'm, I'm always listening with the ear of, oh, these guys are so good. You know, I'm just, uh, just trying to get inspiration from them how to be better at doing shows like that, you know. Richard Keel, who played oh, Jaws. Jaws from James Bond, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And Evan, we just impersonated him a few minutes ago. Don Pardo, the SNL announcer. Yeah. Don, tell him what Holy. he's won. Yep. Damn. James Brady, who uh, was- Oh, yeah. The Brady Bill. The Brady Bill, yep. He was shot during the attempted uh, um, Reagan assassination. Casey Kasem. Casey yep. Kasem died oh, this year. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Sco- uh, and there's- uh, Shaggy from Scooby-Doo Yeah, himself, he, he the did original. A, he, he did the voices of a lot of Saturday morning cartoon characters. He did, yep. He did. And there's this huge, weird controversy about like where his corpse is and when it's going to be buried. It's like oh, really this weird thing. Well, yeah, uh, didn't like, it find yeah. its way to? I think it found its way to Montreal and got buried there. Um, and it, oh, it was, it was a fight. It was a fight between his wife, you know, uh, and the and, family, and the, right? And, and the family, the children, and yeah, yeah, he wound up in Montreal. H. R. Giger, or is it Geiger? Ah, uh, he well, died. Al- yeah, the artist who created Alien. Yep. Fred Phelps, the anti-gay church guy, Fred Phelps Sr. died this Oh, year. yeah, yeah. Okay. God rest his soul. Hal Douglas, the who is the movie trailer voiceover guy. <gasps> well, there's mo- multiple yeah. guys that do that. I know, but he's like the, like the really famous, like if you, like the really, you know, profound, <laughs> yeah. deep voice. 
Um, if you make fun of like movie trailer voiceover guy, that's who, <laughs> that's who you're making fun of. And then this. <laughs> Russell Johnson, who was the professor. Oh God, the professor, the professor from Gilligan's Island. Roy Hangley. Uh, I am sad. He could do anything with coconuts. Well, yeah, except get off an island. The actress that played Alice on the Brady Bunch. Yep, Alice and B. Davis. And B. Davis. Well, guys, it's time for the last science or fiction of the year. I didn't oh. realize we were doing a science or fiction. I, I didn't either. I, I wait. I thought we already did the last one of the year. Uh uh-uh. uh This is a, this is this is actually. So, didn't someone prepare the stats? Nine years. Nine years. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I, I do I do the same thing every year. And well, what I, I think stop. we question it every year. <laughs> probably. What I do is a long year. I pull three science or fiction items from oh, throughout God. the year. Oh crap. To see if you guys can remember. So I remember them all. These are items. I it's really, really easy to study for this one if you had to if you remember that I do it every year. <laughs> sure, but, we only had to research 8,000 other things for this show. But I may have switched, like, which was the fiction and which was the science. Whoa! Okay, okay let's do it. Right. Okay. So. It's time for science or fiction. Each week, I come up with three science news items or facts, two genuine and one fictitious. Then I challenge my panel of skeptics to tell me which one is the fake. The theme is 2014 review, items from the past year. Here we go. Item number one, scientists report the results of the first mapping of a genome of a Clovis skeleton, finding that they possess Asian ancestry from a side branch unrelated to present-day Native American populations. Item number two, astronomers report the first discovery of a possible exomoon. And item number three, new research finds that online gaming largely expands and supplements players' social lives and does not replace or diminish it. Rebecca, since this is your last science or fiction oh. as a full-time rogue, you get to, <laughs> you get to go first. Oh, some things never change. Uh, all right. Damn you, Steve. The Good. first... <laughs> First mapping of a genome of a Clovis. I don't remember this at all. Uh, finding that they possess Asian ancestry but from a side branch unrelated to present day Native American populations. I do not remember that. So that's an early front runner for fiction for me. First discovery of a possible exomoon. So that's a moon around a planet, around a star, other than our own. Correct. Right? Correct. I do vaguely, <laughs> that, that sounds, that sounds, I feel like that happened. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that happened. Online gaming expands and supplements players' social lives, doesn't replace or diminish it. I 100% believe that. I probably believed it before. <laughs> but online gaming does, in fact, uh, connect you to other people in new and interesting ways. And yeah, very rarely. So I'm going to go with the Clovis skeleton as being the fiction because I don't remember that one happening at all. So maybe maybe my brain deleted it because it's fiction. Sure. Okay, Bob? It is It is funny how looking back at, at these, our memories are just so jumbled about what was science, what was fiction, and the fact that you've actually admitted right, that you de- – 
Okay, that you may have switched them up, switching them up. It, it's 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 such a jumble. They might all be brand new again. But out of uh, respect for Rebecca, I'm going to pull a GWR on this one. Nice. And uh, mainly because I'm very happy that I'm not that I will have no competition in this game once she's gone. <laughs> uh, so that makes me very happy. She she beat me mm-hmm. most. I think most often, if you tally it all up, I think she beat me more than Maybe. I beat her. Which, uh, but she, but we were always very close. It was close and though. We, and yeah. It was, it was, yeah, we were always one and two at least. And uh, yeah. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss <laughs> that and I'm just gonna cruise through <laughs> the next, you know, 10 years. It's gonna be so easy for me to be number one. So I'm gonna pull oh, GWR, 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 GWR. All right. Okay. Jay. I'm gonna ignore everything that Bob said. Yeah. Thank you. And I'm gonna GWR. Nice. <laughs> because this is my last opportunity to G- GWR, and I will miss these opportunities to GWR. Aww. So I will GWR. All right. Man, I'm going to feel like shit if I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Evan? You guys all with Wait me. for me. I want to join. Rebecca, hold, uh, hold me. Uh-oh. Yes, GWR. There's just, just <laughs> Okay. What? How can I do right, anything else go. but that? Please. Yeah, right? Come on. <laughs> all right. We'll take these in reverse order then. New research finds that online gaming largely expands and supplements players' social lives and does not replace or diminish it. You all think that one is science, and that one is... Science. Science. Woo-hoo. That was science. Yes. Reworded from when I originally included it, it was a fiction, but I made it into oh. a science for this uh, version. So this is good. We can yep. continue playing online games together. Yes, yep. absolutely. Ooh, I remember call. this one specifically. Two astronomers report the first discovery of a possible exomoon. You all think that one is science, and that sure. one is science. also science. Yeah, Yay! Is. The year one last win. Yeah. Year end sweep. GWR. <laughs> Which means that scientists report the results of the first mapping of a genome of a Clovis skeleton, finding that they possess Asian ancestry, but from a side branch unrelated to present-day Native American populations, is the fiction. This was science when I presented it originally. Yes, it the was. real story is that they... They mapped the genome of the Clovis skeleton, finding that it has 85%, I think, re- relatedness to modern, present-day Native American populations. So they, mm-hmm. the, basically Clovis mm-hmm. was the was the ancestor yeah. to modern Native yeah. Americans. Yeah. Rebecca, you were never in any danger. I, I happened to look at every science of the science of fiction for the past year and distinctly remembered reading this just oh, about four shit. or five hours ago. So I was like, yep, he changed that one, I remember. So... <laughs> So you do <laughs> I would, remember that he does this every year. <laughs> I kind wow. no no I kind no actually no actually I didn't. I kind of was foggy about it. I remember Steve saying this is the last science or fiction about a month ago in New Zealand. I'm like oh, but I read them all because I needed to fill out other information for the show and unrelated to the science or fiction. But I would have GWR did regardless, maybe unless you were clearly. All wrong. right, do you guys want to hear the stats? <laughs> you guys want to hear the t- 2014 stats? Wow, Bob, that was a hell of a tap dance uh, there, Bob. And thanks for insulting me and Jay along the way. We appreciate it we'll see you in the alley stats are stats <laughs> all right so guess who won this year i don't even know uh, when i was said this is a rough year now wait now steve, steve won about, yes uh, steve i won, won. yay steve oh, with 66.67 so i got two out of three so awesome. i won uh, uh and then of the rest of you guys rebecca won with 60.64 percent Bob, Yay, Rebecca. Nice. very close behind with 58.16 percent <laughs> Oh, nice. Jay had a very good year, 56%, just a little bit behind Bob. Wow. And Evan, better the year than you've had in the past. 
just a little bit behind with 53%. So everyone, That's my best year. Everyone did yeah. above average. Yeah, it did. But did nice. Uh, well, well, that's weird because it, it felt like this was a harder year. It did. Like I, it, it really did. It seemed like we were, we were screwing up left and right. Now, when, uh, yeah. the, when I have percentages for the percentage of games where there was a theme. And, oh, yeah. And everyone dropped. Uh-huh. <laughs> Rebecca, you dropped from 60% to 50% when there was a theme. <laughs> Bob dropped no. to 40. Bob dropped to 50% also. So you guys were equal. Jay dropped to 40% and Evan dropped to 42%. So everyone That's was lower. Hilarious. Oh, wow. I knew it wasn't just my imagination. Yeah, right? <laughs> uh, Rebecca uh, had the longest winning streak of nine. Jay had the longest losing streak of seven. Ouch. Whoa. I don't remember that. That's rough. Wow. So here's the, this is interesting. I would not have guessed this. So the number of times that everybody went with the first person to give the answer. So. Mm. Or this I is, would think that would be low. I would think that would be low. So, but guess who? Guess who had the most t- times that they led everybody else? I did. Evan. Mm-hmm. Really? Evan had the yeah. Most. Um, ah. but actually, the, the 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 way the stat was calculated was the number of times somebody went with somebody else doesn't have to be a sweep. So, Evan. So it should be GWE. Yeah. So yeah. GWE was twenty-one times. Then Jay at wow. nineteen. Then Rebecca at wow. sixteen. And then Bob at the bottom with 11. That's so weird. Interesting. That's not That's int- like the intuitive. exact opposite that yeah. I would have guessed. Yeah, I think your numbers have screwed up. Uh, <laughs> I swept all of you. How many times did I sweep, sweep all of you this year? I don't know. Four? Six five times. times. Five times. Seven. Thank you. Nice. Whoa, I don't remember those job, nice. And how many times did you guys sweep me? Four. Oh, shit. 31. 12. 12 times. Oh. Yeah, baby. If you include just now, 13. Oh. Yeah. 13 if you My lucky number. Now. What I don't like is by my memory, I should have won this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you I, know. I thought you were up there too. I would have thought we were closer. Well, yeah. Here, here's the thing. Bob, Jay, and Rebecca all won 28 games, but Rebecca played a couple fewer games. Oh, and Bob, percentage. and the, the person who calculated these for us gave Bob and Rebecca a half a point because of a adjudication. On yeah, one that they actually got wrong. I didn't like. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that. But Bob, Jay, and Rebecca oh. all got twenty-eight clean without not including the other things. Okay, yeah. well that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Not including the cheaty half point. Wow. Yeah, not including the cheaty half point and Rebecca bowing out of obviously <laughs> a couple dope. of hard uh, games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm disgusted like, with all of you. That's my stance. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this has been terrible. Well, regardless of Jay's disgust, thank you, Allison, for your efforts in tabulating these uh, results throughout the entire year. It's appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Wait, wait, we had somebody else t- tabulate the results, Steve, I thought. Well, you got to have an independent yeah. auditor do this kind of stuff. You trust didn't Bob have, to keep these ta- stats? Hell no. Taylor he Harris us. was also a, a huge yep. huge information contributor for, for science or fiction. I have more information that Taylor uh, shared with us. Yep, go ahead. Listen. Yep. Steve, Steve says that he uses a die to randomize right. these, right, Steve? Is that correct? That is correct. So That's, what, that's correct what he here, says. Here yes. are the numbers for one, two, and three. Number one was the fiction 13 times. Number two was the fiction 12 times. And number three was the fiction 24 times. Whoa. Now oh. that, oh. That's an anomaly. Oh, I think yeah. that's probably all within statistical chance. Yeah, randomness is clumpy. That's not including today's show, of course. Yeah. Except for the hot hand shooter. Yeah. I mean, I do. I roll, I roll the die. <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. 
every time. Okay. Well, there you, there that, you have it. That, that die is perfectly balanced, right? Uh, who knows? Maybe it isn't. <laughs> I'll, I'll use a different place. die for next year. So. Excellent. <laughs> use that hundred-sided die that takes three minutes to land on the spot. Hey, guys, let's yeah, right. uh, talk about 2015 a little okay. bit. So uh, we have some upcoming conferences and events that I want to talk about. Um, Nexus will be April 11th through 13th in 2015. Uh, it's going to be a full three-day conference. We're going to have a full day of conference on Friday, which is going to be all science-based medicine, and then the regular Saturday-Sunday conference. So April 11th through 13th in New York City. Mark your calendars. Specific details will be coming out soon. And as Jay mentioned earlier in the show, 2015 will include our 500th episode and our 10-year anniversary, and we are planning special events for both of them. Uh, for our 500th episode, uh, which we are recording on uh, February 7th, February 7th, this is the episode that will be coming out on Valentine's Day, February 14th. That'll be our 500th episode. We are going to record a live show that we are calling the SGU House Party. Basically going to have a party. We're inviting a lot of local skeptics and local friends. We already have a couple of confirmed guests, including Massimo Pellucci and John Rennie. Awesome. And Joshi Berger are all going to be there. Um, but other, there'll be more. We're, we're inviting more people. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're just going to basically have a party and record an episode at the same time. That'll be our 500th episode. And 10-year anniversary. So the actual day is May 5th. So for the episode that week, we are going to record that on Saturday, May 2nd. And we are going to do a 10-hour live streaming SGU marathon. Ten. This, this suggestion came from Craig Good also. 10 hours for 10 years. So this will be just like our 24-hour episode. It's only going to be 10 hours, which I think we'll be able to survive. So audio, I mean video as well as audio. Video and right. audio. Yep, absolutely. Video, yeah. audio, live streaming, 10 hours, May 2nd. You know, the exact time. It'd probably be, it'd probably be noon to 10 p.m., but you know, again, as we get closer, we'll, we'll be publishing exact, exact details. Send us suggestions for stuff you'd like us to do for either of those two special episodes. Uh, we're going to start producing them right now. Well, right after the, as soon as the new year begins, as soon as the holidays are over and we've recovered a little bit more, we're going to start producing those two shows. So that's it, guys. Jay, do you have a quote for us this week? Listener named Alan Laird from Colorado has sent a, a really awesome quote that you'll like, Steve. And the quote is, the most terrifying fact about the universe is not that it is hostile, but that it is indifferent. But if we can come to terms with this indifference, then our existence as a species can have genuine meaning. However vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. And that is from famous director Stanley Kubrick. Actually, I love that quote. I'm glad it's from him. Yeah, that is a great quote. Nice. <laughs> that, that is my exact philosophy. The, the universe doesn't give a fuck about us. So we have to make our own light. <laughs> I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. So, Rebecca, this is it. Yeah. Thanks again for when? nine fun years. This is a good date. They were great. Yeah. <laughs> Rebecca, thank you. Thank you so much for saying yes, you know, nine years ago and, and doing all this with us. It's been absolutely our pleasure to be your friend and be your, your fellow podcaster. I, you, you will always be the Rebecca in my life. 
The Rebecca. <laughs> or the Rachel. Or the Rachel. <laughs> yeah, 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 the Rachel. Rachel. Except for in Evan's life, he's got one already. Uh, now yeah, I, I no. have two now. <laughs> thank you guys. It, it's been, it's been a fun time and thank you to all the audience and, you know, I'll, I'll be around. I'm around. So it's not, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later. See you later. That sounds good. Yeah. We will see you later, Rebecca. Rebecca, you will always be part of the SGU, not just the SGU brand, but just the, the, the SGU spirit. You're, you have made, uh, your imprint on this show. You have affected all of us, I think, in a very good way, made us better at doing what we're doing. And we will never forget that. Thanks. Ditto. <laughs> we love we love you, Rebecca. I love you too. So, but guys, this is our last show of Especially the year. Especially me, right? Yep. <laughs> no. <comment>. No. <laughs> no. Last show. Thank no you. Favorites. This is the last show of the year. So until next week and until next year, this is your Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe is produced by SGU Productions dedicated to promoting science and critical thinking. For more information on this and other episodes, please visit our website at theskepticsguide.org, where you will find the show notes as well as links to our blogs, videos, online forum, and other content. You can send us feedback or questions to info at theskepticsguide.org. Also, please consider supporting the SGU by visiting the store page on our website, where you will find merchandise, premium content, and subscription information. Our listeners are what make SGU possible. And don't forget that this episode was brought to you by Hulu Plus. To sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus and start watching your favorite shows right now, and for an extended free trial, go to HuluPlus.com forward slash SGU, or just go to our homepage and there will be a link right there for you.